G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz with episode number 103 of the Outback Mine podcast. Thank you so much for joining in once again. Uh, really, really special guest with me today. Gentleman by the name of Mark Feely. Mark Feely is a well-known yoga uh, studio owner, yoga, yoga teacher uh, from Melbourne in Victoria, um, from originally uh, originally from Queensland. Mark has had a really uh, interesting journey. He sort of followed the the corporate path, become a a fairly high-profile uh, project manager, uh, managing lots of. Uh, large commercial projects throughout the country and uh, Mark had a, a bit of a shift uh, quite a few years ago now uh, to sort of explore his passion uh, and sort of got into yoga primarily uh, a bit like myself but also uh, pursued it even further and become uh, uh, a fairly high profile teacher as I mentioned but also started his own studio in Melbourne called Westside Yoga. Uh, which is a really successful um, uh, setup there, and uh, and and well well known. Uh, it was one of the first uh, uh, studios in the western suburbs of Melbourne back in the day. So it's a bit of a risk by Mark to set this up, but it's been really uh, successful ever since then. And um, Mark has been on a, an incredible journey himself uh, to to really uh, understand uh, a bit about his spirit and spirituality and. Uh, uh, Mark taught me a few years ago, um, just after I'd originally done my first yoga teacher training, and I found uh, yeah him to be really, really, really disciplined and um, and really um, engaged with what he did and trying to you know help uh, others sort of you know shift their uh, their realization and uh, and awareness of themselves uh, through the physical side of yoga. But um, I suppose in more uh, detail, Mark actually explored his own path even further and he went and sat in meditation in 2019 for a whole year. So that said to me that Mark um, was really uh, you know, on a different journey rather than using the physical body of yoga or the physical body to, to sort of perform one part of yoga. He was really trying to connect with uh, who he really was and, and what the meaning of life actually is and what uh, what the potential of us humans actually is because we're so distracted and uh, and disengaged from that in many ways and you know as I said Mark followed the traditional path but really um, you know the journey back to the heart is what Mark was trying to uh, to explore I guess and we're going to explore more of that today obviously through our conversation but uh the connection to spirit and the connection to the heart is uh, is really what uh, is it available to all of us, and you know we're going to learn a lot from Mark on what happened to him within his own particular journey and why it's available to all of us now, uh, rather than waiting, um, you know, until uh, the end of our life to find the the sense of connection that we all really uh, deserve and we all really want deep down. So. I'm sure you only get a lot from this conversation and uh, I really encourage you to share this with others that may be uh, curious to uh, what's available to us uh, as humans uh, and our potential and what Mark's actually been able to explore and uh, and teach from his uh, experiences as well. So I really hope you enjoy the conversation. Just want to make special mention to our primary partners, so Green Nutritionals who provide awesome green organic superfoods. Uh, super so if you're lacking something in your diet, uh, please check out their website. Their products are also available around Australia, greennutritionals.com.au, uh, Pure Life Sprouted Bakery, who uh, provide sprouted organic bread. So when the grains in our bread is sprouted, the digestion process in the body works a lot better. So 
their products are also available uh, right around the country too. So I really encourage you to check out their website, greennutritionals.com.au, and also MacForce Australia. If you're looking to uh, get into fly and fly out work or if you're looking to employ someone, uh, MacForce um, provide a variety of different services throughout Victoria and Queensland, and I'm uh, pl- proud to be engaged with them. Uh, really awesome organisation that really look after their people. So I encourage you to jump onto their website, check them out, macforce, M-A-C-F-O-R-C-E dot com dot A-U. Alrighty, listen to uh, Mark and I. Um, enjoy this conversation, I'm sure you will. And uh, as I mentioned, please uh, share this with, with others that you may find or you may think may find helpful. Cheers. Mark Feely, welcome to the Outback Mind podcast. Aaron, thank you very much, brother. Pleasure yeah, to be here, mate. Yeah, here. I'm really grateful uh, for your uh, your time with me today, mate. I'm sure this is going to be a, a ripping conversation that's going to um, help uh, shift the mindset of, of some people, but also help lots of people that are on their own journey to try and uh, find some truth in their own lives and, and some, some opportunities yeah. to, to, to change and transform and, uh, and find new pathways that may be more uh, healing for them. So, mate, you've got such yeah. an amazing um, journey and an amazing story to tell. And, um, yeah, I'm sure we're going to dive uh, deep into that and other modalities throughout this chat, mate. So I'd really like to know a bit about you, uh, obviously your, your upbringing and sort of what 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 sort of uh, your your childhood was like? How that sort of evolved for you, and um, um, you know, we'll weave through the conversation from there. Yeah, yeah. So, look, mate, thank you for the opportunity, and you know, especially at the moment, I guess we're all grappling for for to make meaning out of out of what's going on around us. You know, whether we thought we we had it all together or, or not, you know, this has kind of thrown us all a bit of a curveball, and. Mm. You know, it's a great opportunity to be having these sorts of really open and frank conversations um, about you know, what, what what is it, what is life about, and yeah. and how do we make it a place that it's more enjoyable and less stressful and it has more purpose and meaning and more heart led. So, mate, I really appreciate the opportunity to to, to come on board. So, um, no, thank, thank you, thank you, you very much. Thank you. So, um, so mate, but it's pretty pretty simple childhood. Uh, born in Rockhampton, uh, you know, went to school there. My um, my dad was uh, a fitter in the railway, and so we came from, you know, a very a very simple upbringing. Um, born and raised a Catholic, so I went to a, to a Catholic school, both at primary school and, and at secondary school, and had you know what I would deem to be a, a pretty normal sort of you know country life growing up. You know, we were uh, you know we did all the sorts of usual things, you know, played footy and, and athletics and basketball and swimming and surfing. And, and then, you know, all those usual things, mate. So, um, but my, my real passion was, was sport. I, I, I loved, I loved, uh, played rugby league and both rugby union and, uh, and, and surf lifesaving was, was kind of my other real, real passion. So mm-hmm. I had a really, what I'd consider to be a, a pretty good and pretty fortunate upbringing. I was one of four kids. Um, you know, we didn't have a lot, but then when you're a kid, mate, you don't know that you don't have a lot. So it kind of seemed like that we had everything, you know, and I still remember the day we went, I'm showing my age here, right, but the day that Dad came home with a uh, with a colour TV, right, that was like, oh, my God. Oh, mate, I think my parents paid $900 for it back then. It weighed like half a tonne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I still remember that, you know, and... 
and it was, you know, the simple things in life. Like I remember having Friday night was fish and chips night, right? And that was like a really big highlight for us. And yeah. so you, you kind of just grew up, you know, not knowing what you don't know. And, and But my life was good. I had great parents. I, I had got uh, one brother and two sisters. And, you know, we were close, close as families, close as families get, you know, not without our ups and downs and disagreements and, and personalities. But... Um, so, you know, school, school life was good. Uh, I really enjoyed the sports side of it. I was, you know, I was moderately okay at, at, at the academia. I wasn't great, but, you know, I got by. Um, but ended up with, you know, a great bunch of friends and, and had a really, what I would say, to be a really enjoyable life as a kid. When I look back, you know, it's not to say there weren't times when, when things were tough. Of course they were. But, you know, not, when I look back on my childhood and growing up in, in Rocky, um, I had some pretty good memories of people and places and friends and, and events, you know. Um, but it started to, started to change actually when I left Rocky. So I, I you know, grew up, went to school there, finished uh, year 12 there and decided that I, uh, I wanted to go off to the big smoke, which was, <laughs> which was Brisbane, right? Mm. It seemed like a really big place at that, that point in time. And then I, I kind of, I guess, I left the, the protection of, of my family home, you know, mum and dad and, Dad always providing and there's always food on, on the table. And I went off to uni and, you know, my mum and dad at that stage uh, didn't have a lot of money. They had three, you know, three kids. So it was really a conversation around, well, yeah, if you want to go to uni, awesome. That, that's great. Good on you. Um, but, mate, we don't have much money to support you. So you've got to kind of, you've got to find a way to, to get through this. And and my world changed. <laughs> the world changed a lot, you know, and, uh, you know, living in share houses and, and, you know, there were times when there was literally no, no food in the fridge because we, mm. we'd either drunk too much beer <laughs> yeah. and wasted it there or, uh, you know, we just simply didn't have enough money. And it, that yeah. started to dawn home on me that the only way that I was going to rise above that was to buy into the, the work hard ethic, you know, yes. get my degree, work hard, continue to work hard at it and one day I might you know I might be successful so that was the shift for me but mate life in Rocky is is it was, was a great life you know and uh, you know we used to go to Great Kippel Island and mm. go fishing and crabbing with dad and you know all the things that you do when you're you know you're a young fella mm. and uh, mm. it really it, it set me up uh, quite well dad was a very very sports orientated and you know uh, <laughs> that old motto you know winning is the only thing and uh, but you know I also learned how to how to not win you know how to come second and third and fourth and and um, and they were they were equally valuable lessons but made great friendships great great growing up and, and really enjoyed that what what was a pretty you know a pretty uh, mm. pretty pleasant way of of growing up as a kid mm, beautiful. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Look, uh, obviously, a lot of people involved in listening to this podcast are from from regional areas. So you know, to, to hear that is yep. uh, is is really nice. And um, you know, from from Queensland, from that perspective, like a lot of lot of guys uh, and ladies that listen to this are from southern states. So it's good to hear. You know, obviously the rugby uh, side of things and so forth. And one thing you uh, you touched on there was competition and how sort of how ingrained it is uh, for us with, with us from an early age to compete and you know if you are good at that life can be great but if you're not so good at it life can be quite quite difficult because in that uh, regional yeah. environment you are sort of judged on your uh, your capabilities in many ways yeah yeah and that and, and that you're 100 correct mate like that that ingrained concept of that 
if you succeed, you know, you're a winner. If mm. you come first, you're a winner. And if, if you don't, if you come second or third, then you're less valued. Mm. And somewhere along the way, I'm not, I'm not sure where, but I, I bought into that, that sort of thinking, you know. Um, and competition at a sports level kind of started to build that for me, even though it was a very, very healthy-based sport. But I started to buy into that, you know, coming second that was not okay, mm. um, and uh, that that set me on a <laughs> set me on a path for the next, you know, sort of fifteen twenty years. Uh, you know, once I once I left school, and mm. you know, that feeling of if you're not not first, then then you're less valued, you're, you're less important, you're less less somebody. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, so it's uh, it's a it's a it's something that I think you know we as a society, and I think we've got better at it over the years. You know, of talking to our kids about. You know, that you don't have to win. You know, that, that being part of, of a community and of a competition, you know, has got great value in it. Mateship and, and learning how to interact as a team and not as a solo operator. Mm. You know, I, I much prefer that the team sports to the solo sports um, yes. for that very reason. You know, you, you build mateship and trust and, and, and bonds that go, go well beyond, you know, the, the sporting arena. So, um, mm. But yeah, mate, that, that buying into uh, you must win at all cost, uh, you know, kind of set me down a path, which I, I imagine it does for lots of people. Yeah, know. definitely. And I'm sure as we go, uh, this conversation evolves, we'll, we'll start to unlock, uh, you know, the judgments and opinions of the mind that we actually exist far beyond that, you know. So it's, uh, mm. it's amazing, yeah. you know, the journey and, and what we sort of perceive as being reality in, in those uh, early years. And, Mate, um, so how did life evolve from you for if you after uni? Like you, you got into the workforce and you you started to to get into a professional environment. What was that like for you? Mm. Yeah, mate. Look, I I, I studied um, at Queensland Uni. I did a what was called Bachelor of Human Movement Studies, which is uh, physical education um, in in lots of ways. So I ended up teaching uh, for a couple of years uh, at a boys' school in in Brisbane and. So I was the phys ed teacher there, right, and loved it, absolutely bloody loved it. You know, teaching sport to, to young men um, and teaching them skills that, that might carry them through life was, was extraordinary. But in the back of my head was this gnawing sensation that I was never going to be, um, by society standards, successful if I remained as a school teacher. Mm. Yep. I was never going to have the big house, the big bank account, the fast car, the trophy wife, you know, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> this yeah. is all stuff going on inside my head, right? Yes. Um, yeah. So uh, despite, my, <laughs> despite my parents' best advice, I, um, I, resigned, I taught for a couple of years and, uh, and resigned from that and took a job that I thought was going to give me financial success. So I took a job as a commercial real estate agent, um, leasing commercial premises, so retail shops in the um, CBD of, of, uh, of Brisbane. Mm. And uh, <laughs> uh, in those days, uh, when you started in that, that environment, you know, as, as, the, as the new kid on the block, uh, you got paid a retainer and then commission. And the commission is, you know, if you're good at what your job, that's how you made your money, right? So it was $20,000 as your retainer and then commission on top of that. Well, for my first year, I made $20,000. It wasn't wasn't a very successful job for me um, because I wasn't a great salesman. You know, Mm. it wasn't a skill set that came natural to me. I had to work at it. But I stuck at it and stuck at it and stuck at it and ended up, um, you know, managing through that, various careers through through commercial property managing shopping centres. Someone was kind enough to give me a, a, a run uh, and ended up moving up to Cairns, a guy called Malcolm McKenzie, 
uh, gave me a job to run what was then Elville Shopping Centre up in, in North Queensland in Cairns. Mm. And uh, so I got a gig there. Um, never run a shopping centre in my life before. Um, but uh, he, he gave me the opportunity and I went up there and I had a couple of years running there and I went from there into um, the development side of, of the company and building shopping centres. So I ended up being coming what was called a development manager. Mm. Um, and over a you know, career of some sort of 18, 20 years, um, was you know, lucky enough to build a, you know, be involved in building a number of shopping centres, uh, the last which was the uh, High Point Shopping Centre in, um, in Maribyrnong, in, in Melbourne. Jeez. You know, and that was a, was a big job, mate. Like, for a guy who, you know, I had no formal qualifications in, in the building trade, um, I was a you know, phys ed teacher, right? But someone gave me, someone gave me a go, someone trusted me mm. and saw what he thought was valued in me, that I was perhaps had a skill of, of managing people and projects and it just grew and grew and grew and ended up running a $300 million job, mate. We had two and a half thousand guys on, on site. You know, it was a, it was a major, major development and, um, uh, and, and the reason that that, and it was highly, highly, highly successful, one of, one of the most successful developments the company ever did and still is. And, but one of the things that I learnt through that journey was to surround yourself with good people. Mm. And, you know, I, I pulled a team together that, that I felt was the smartest and ones that I could trust um, the most. And, uh, and you know, that, that simple adage, surround yourself with good people, helped me through, you know, 15 years of, of, of building stuff that was, in theory, outside of my official qualifications. Mm. But... Um, we're highly successful because we, we did things with a level of trust and with, with a great great bunch of people who, who knew what they were doing and we trusted each other. And mm. uh, that we made all the way through that, even though then, you know, the big corner office, the uh, big bank account, <laughs> um, you know, you look back at that part of my life and I would go by, by some of society's standards, I was, you know, quite successful. Mm. You know, I was on a, on a very, very comfortable, you know, six and sometimes seven-figure seven sum, the money was good, the lifestyle was good, and yet, you know, the projects that we did were good, the people I worked with I, I respected and, and admired, and yet somewhere in the back, mate, there was just this hollow feeling that it just, despite building bigger and better shopping centres and bigger and better budgets, I just wasn't, I wasn't happy. You know, there was a part inside me, mate, I just wasn't content. Mm. And, uh, and, that, and that then set me on a trajectory for a whole, whole other career. Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's very common, I think. You know, you'll find that uh, maybe uh, four in every five people that are in the workforce are probably still searching. And unfortunately, you're, you're very lucky that you caught it out when you did because it's easy to be comfortable in, uh, in a high-paying role that's, uh, that's got a status mm. and all the things that society sort of expects of us. But, you know, to be able to step into the fear and the unknown is such a... Um, a difficult thing to do it's something that i've sort of had to do and, and you've done and, and, and many others have as well but uh you know the, the real foundation of this conversation is to be able to to help others um you know realize that anything's possible i guess at the end of the day and what did that look like for you so you you were really uh yearning for something else how did everything sort of uh you know flip for you yeah but i i was you know i was fortunate enough that i, that I found um, yoga or yoga found me I, I don't know um, it all happened from a, 
purely by, by chance in some ways, although, you know, you might say nothing really happens by, by chance. I, mm. I had a surfing injury, nothing nothing too major. I busted my shoulder surfing one day and tried all the usual things to, to get it fixed um, and nothing was seemed to be working. And, and someone said to me, look, mate, why don't you try yoga? That, that might help your shoulder. So uh, I was living and working in Sydney at that stage, which I absolutely hated, but, you know, I was there because that was the career and that was the way to get to the top of the ladder, you know. Mm. And um, so I went off to yoga and then, Mate, really, from the very first class in that, well, oh, there's something in this. You know, there's something in this that's more than just a good stretch. Mm. Um, so that kind of planted a seed that I had a not again, off again relationship with for you know probably the best part of eight or nine years, where I started to dabble in, in meditation and dabble in practice, you know, yoga practices and mindfulness and physical practice and breathing practices. But the the, the lure of the money kept calling me back, mm. but. It got to a point, so that then stayed with me probably for 10 years of my career, you know, on again, off again relationship with yoga until it got to a point, you know, in my journey where I built, you know, what was the largest, at that point, the largest shopping centre in the country. I was on a great salary. I, I'd achieved everything that I'd set myself out to, to achieve, mm. keeping in mind, you know, a guy from the country who's a biz ed teacher. Um, and I, I, I feel like I'd reached a pinnacle. I could have gone higher, but I went... That's just more of the same, right? Mm. And yoga kept calling me this level of, let's just call it spirituality or mindfulness or, or something else. There was, there was something else calling me to go, Mark, there's a different life, you know? And every time I would go and do my yoga practice, which was in my corporate career to help keep me, <laughs> help keep me a bit sane, to be honest with you, um, mm. every time I went, I walked out of that, that yoga studio felt feeling like a different person. Mm. And... I would then go back to work on the Monday and become the person I was at work and then I'd go to do my yoga practice on the weekend and I'd become a different person and I loved that person who practiced in yoga and I didn't necessarily love so much the person who was Monday to Friday at work. Mm -hmm. um, when I ended up, I started drinking too much. The, the hours were ridiculous. Uh, I was married at the time. The marriage fell apart. Mm. That wasn't her fault. That was that was my fault. And um, mm. so it all, everything crumbled around me, mate. And I went, you know what? Something's got to give. Something, something's got to give here. So I, I went, you know what? There might be something in this show. Let, let's take a bit of time off work. And um, so I, work was kind enough to give me three months off. I took a little sabbatical and I went to India for, for three months and uh, travelled and lived in an ashram for, for quite a while and learnt some traditions of yoga and just went, what is this all about, mate? And that, from that point, um, I was completely and, and absolutely hooked, you know? Mm. Um, and so it all accumulated with me going, I wonder whether I can actually make a life out of doing something I love. Mm. Yeah, can I make a life out of teaching yoga? So... I went, well, i got nothing to lose, right? And I don't want to die wondering. I don't want to die wondering. Like, I could keep on this corporate career and have another bank account, another house, but it's not, it's not it. It's not, it's not making me happy, you know? Mm. So I, I took the plunge, mate. I resigned from my job. I set up a yoga studio in a little place called Seddon, which is a suburb near Yarraville in, in Melbourne. Um, and we built a little yoga studio there, and, uh, you know, and, and from day one, it, 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 it just traded well. People came, they, they loved it. And it's been a successful little business um, ever since. But the, the thing I, I loved about this journey of yoga, and you know, as a studio owner, but as as a as a student of yoga, is that you never stop learning. Mm. You, know, you never stop learning. And, and we've been there now for geez, eight, eight years, um, and it's it's 
absolutely completely changed my life. So my bank account <laughs> is nowhere near what it used to be, mm. but my heart is full and I, and I love what I do, you know, and I, and I, it's a way of life. So it's the extension of what I do now as opposed to a, to a job that I go to on Monday and can't wait for Friday drinks to come around so I can get out. You know? mm. um, so I was very fortunate that to, to find that and, you know, I guess somewhere inside of me that, that level of, let's call it bravery, you know, somewhere inside of me that, that someone went, something said, don't die wondering. Like, don't, don't die wondering. Mm. Um, try it. What's the worst that can happen? It fails. You can go back to corporate life, you know, and, and, but give it a crack. And, uh, and funnily enough, mate, one of the guys in, in, that I worked with, who I was good mates with, uh, in the corporate world, just as I was leaving, we're having a couple of beers, and he said, mate, you, you're one of the lucky ones. You, you found the escape hatch. Yes. You found the escape hatch to get out of um, an environment that you know, isn't bad. And, it, and for some people, it's it's amazing, right? But it wasn't for me. Mm. It wasn't for me. And uh, so, mate, I was lucky enough to get out and found an industry that I that I loved. I was able to combine some of my prior training, and, you know, into it, and and just you know continued to um, to embrace it and love it. And the studio is still there today, ticking along <laughs> despite COVID. Um, we're ticking along and doing some you know, training teachers and doing all sorts of wonderful stuff, mate. So I feel very fortunate. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. It's A lot of that's very similar to my, to my own journey in many ways, you know. It's, uh, it's crazy how the alignment there is. But, you know, one thing that sort of, you know, was present for me there is the real work is in the privacy of your own heart. And uh, all the external yeah. stuff's nice, but uh, the real work is in your own inner connection. And, and I, I guess that was... Uh, that was happening um, in the undercurrent for you. You were actually like doing this stuff uh, to nourish yourself and really the other stuff was taking you away from your heart more into your mind. And I think yeah. once you can bravely step into to what your heart's saying and then the heart calling, then obviously you're living in your purpose and your truth. And from that, uh, there's been a lot of people that have benefited from that, uh, that space that you've created, but also what you've been able mm. to do to... Know, fulfill your own life from from there on in would you agree yeah 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 you know i was i was busy you know as corporate years mate i was busy trying to become somebody i didn't know who that somebody was um and therefore you know i, I was never able to really reach it it just felt no matter what goal i reached it just felt a little empty and it wasn't you know there were moments of joy and pleasure in the job and you know, a mateship and, you know, there was, there was some great achievements, but they were fleeting. They'd come and they'd go, you know, and you'd feel high and then you go, the next day is not so good, you know. Mm. Um, so to be able to find something that is not only um, continues to keep me mindful and, and on the path of, um, of what I would call Santosia contentment, Mm-hmm. Um, but also provides a platform for others to learn and experience it and, and take away whatever they need to take away from it. Mate. So mm-hmm. it's been a it's been a real joy these last uh, eight nine years. Now we've been we've been there. Mm-hmm. So with regards to to taking the leap, what were some of the fears that you had <clears throat> back then when you were uh, when you were contemplating doing this, and how long did it take you to really? Uh, to, to step into it and, and be comfortable in that in that in that vulnerability. Yeah, um, I, I guess there were two big fears. One is that I wouldn't be successful financially. That is, you know, I would fail at it. I wouldn't have enough money to, to live and pay the bills, and you know. Um, but secondly, mate, probably even more than that um, was what people might think. Yeah. 
what people might might think of me and say about me or judge me that he was a guy who you know drove a nice car wore a suit to work had a big office had a good good bank account was going to throw all that away literally throw all that away in some people's minds and go and be you know put on a singlet and a pair of shorts and go and be be a yoga teacher mm-hmm. um and, and run a yoga school, and, and the biggest fear was what people might think of me. Um, and, and in that world that I was in, and the, the reality was, you, you know, the only advice I can give to people is you have to follow your heart. People are going to have an opinion about you regardless. You know, some people will love you, some people will not love you, um, people will, will have, a, have a, a view of whether they think you've done the right thing or the wrong thing or a good thing or a bad thing, but if you don't follow your own heart, then there's something missing. Yeah, there's something missing in there. And, you know, I'm not saying you have to go and, and find some spiritual path. You know, you can go and, and build your own business, or your own company and be, be amazing at it, but make sure that it's coming from your heart. Yeah, it's something that you love. And it's it's not only making the world a better place, but it's it's enriching your life. Yeah, and there's more to it than, you know, than a bank account. Mm-hmm. So uh, trust yourself, have, have faith in yourself, um, don't don't rely upon the opinions of others. And someone gave me some really good advice, mate. I can't even recall who this was, but early in those days when they said, "Do not mistake opinion for truth." Mm. Do not mistake opinion for truth. So don't mistake someone else's opinion of you for what is the truth of you. Mm. Yeah, Tr- right. trust your own heart. People will will like you, not like you. That that's not the point, right? Do what you love. Do it with integrity. Do it with your whole heart. Give it your absolute best crack, and the rest will take care of itself. Mm. You know, yeah. um, and you know, and it's it's amazing how things can when you go with that mindset, how, how things align. You know, mm. how things just align. And, and I have a different group of friends now to what I had when I was in that in the previous world. And you know, they're people who have a different mindset um, mm. and, a, and a different relationship to to. To values. Yeah. You, you were you were programmed away from your heart early, as, as most of us were. You know, we have all this mm. uh, inner knowing when we're young, and uh, to be able to sort of follow that, but we're sort of led down a pathway which we're out of alignment, and uh, we have to conform with that in many ways, and uh, you know, follow the breadcrumbs that society sort of lays out for us, and we think that's our truth, but. Um, Mm. At the same time, you know, although, although we have um, lived totally within this world from what we perceive it, we know, we know within ourselves that we are of the spirit. And uh, to be able to yeah. actually connect with that, um, is that that's when you, 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 your real truth will, uh, will come out. And uh, you know uh, when you live this life that you can move on uh, to the next journey, uh, <laughs> being fulfilled rather than sort of getting to the end of it and thinking, well, what the hell was that all about? And you know, uh, and, and not satisfied with what you've been able to achieve. And I just think as humans, we're, we're meant to be here doing things to serve others and, and help others, um, you know, to, to to live more in harmony and peace. And uh, and that's really what was created for us, right, at the end of the day, where we're yeah. meant to be living in this harmonious environment, but uh, we're sort of in this conflict consistently uh, internally with ourselves, but also, you know, internally with um other aspects of the world and um we we can know the higher self in this lifetime we've just got to be able to access the, the tools to be able to to get more back to the heart at the end of the day yeah yeah and it's it's surprisingly it's, it's not necessarily easy um 
but it's worthwhile. Yeah. Mm. So this idea, you know, one of the great, greatest teachers in this realm, I think in the last couple hundred years, is a guy called Ram Das. I'm, I'm sure you've heard of him. Some of your listeners may have heard of him. He's American. Passed away a couple of years ago now, but he was he's one of the great spiritual teachers of our time, an absolute bloody larrikin, mm. um, <laughs> and uh, very irreverent in the way that he would speak and behave, but just had this ability to hit right to the heart. And he, he he had an ethos that um, that was given to him by by his teacher um, named Karoli Baba in India, and it was a simple ethos: love, serve, remember, mm. love everyone. Right? Love everyone and everything. And that's not easy, but that's a great place to start. Serve. Love, serve. Serve everyone. Be of service to the world, or to yourself, to your family, to your friends. Um, and remember. Remember who you are. Remember that you are not just a collection of thoughts or emotions, mm. that there is more to you. You are part of a much larger consciousness. Um, and he, that was his, his simple kudos. Right? He, he lived, lived by that. Love, serve, remember. And... Mm. Uh, he would come back to that, that simple equation time and time again. And uh, mm. not, not easy, but worthwhile. It's <laughs> mm. very, uh, very relevant, very, very conflictual for most people. Love, you know, like we've been disconnected from that because we don't love ourselves. Um, and serve, you know, what's in it for me? Uh, and that, 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 that's a contradiction where we're in this uh, seesaw consistently, you know, like. Mm. Uh, I, I want to serve, I want to help, I want to give, uh, but what's in it for me? Can I survive? You know, so your survival uh, mind kicks in and, and all that, and that sort of uh, is really, really contradictive. And I guess we, we, if we can step fully into service, then everything ca- takes care of itself. And uh, um, I've just observed the, 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 the people that I know that were, that were doing that primarily through the church as we were growing up, um, because mm. we, that's the way we thought spirituality was, right, or, or a connection was. But, um, you know, they were, they were heart-based people. You know, they were, they were, they were doing things and serving and, and everything came back to them. And I know when I'm fully in that space, it's the same, but uh, it's being able to, um, to, to live in, in the world that uh, is of regulation and is of, you know, policy and procedure and those sorts of things to be able to sort of, you know, see that for what it is and then be able to disconnect from mm-hmm. that and know that uh, there's, there's so much more to the being than what's, uh, than what's um, you know, sort of going on between the ears in many ways. And, um, yeah, yeah I, I sort of uh, still battle with that uh, as well, but I know when I'm fully connected in, into my heart, then um, then life, uh, you know, flows as it should and, and everything sort of... Uh, presents itself uh, in the right time. And it's amazing, you know, all this um, potential that we have as humans that we've just been disconnected from um, that's available to us all, I guess, is um, something that, you know, I'm, I'm pretty passionate about uh, to be able to help others, yeah. you know, find because uh, we've all got the capacity to be able to live at a higher level of, uh, of awareness, consciousness, whatever it may be, than, than what we've uh, pre- previously been expo- exposed to, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. You touch on a really good point there, mate. It's you know this this idea of of service to be of service to to yourself or to your family, to others, to those that you work with or your friends. But in in our society, because of this sense of separation, I'll come back to that in a second. Often we are of, we we will do a good act expecting something in return. Now we might not say it out aloud, but somewhere in our consciousness, somewhere in our mind. 
we go, well, I did you a good turn, mate. You know, you need to do me a good turn or you need to at least acknowledge it or, 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 or thank, you know, thank me. And I do it even today, mate, even with all the work I've done. Mm. You know, I, I'm driving in traffic and I, someone wants to cut in and I let them in. And if they don't give me a little wave to say thank you, right, I get a little irritated. <laughs> oh, geez, mate, I've made space for you. I'll let you in, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, but to be of service for the act of service, not expecting anything in return, that's, mm. that's the stretch. Yes. Uh, if, you, if you can practice that and expect nothing, just do it in and of itself, um, that has the power to shift something in, in your heart. And where it all comes back to ultimately, in, in my you know, very humble opinion, mate, I'm no expert in this area, but I can just happen to share what, what I've learned over the years and what people have shared with me, is this idea that we see ourselves as separate, mm. that I'm separate to you, Yeah either by name, by colour of my skin, where I was born, you know, what footy team I barrack for, you know, who I'm married to, I, I'm separate to you, mm. yeah? And, and if I'm separate to you, then I've got to defend myself, I've got to take care of myself and make sure that I've got enough. And if, you, if, if there's enough left over, I may be happy to give some to you. But this idea that we're separate from each other, I, I, in my experience, mate, this is at the root cause of suffering. It's the root cause of wars, it's the root cause of persecution, that we see ourselves as different and we have to be better than anybody else mm. and we have to defend ourselves against everybody else. It's when there's, there's a level of consciousness or spirituality that sits in behind that and, you know, it's a, this is a really simple step but it, it takes a bit of trust but there's a step behind that where we are all actually connected yes in this level of spirituality consciousness enlightenment universal you know call it whatever you want some people call it god but that there's a level of energetic connection amongst all humankind of all animals plants that vibrate that essence that life force that's the space that we're all connected into together and we have different forms, different names and different, you know, ages and different colours of skin and different experiences. It's not to say that's not real, but what is more real is this consciousness, this being able to sit back and, and not only see, but know, really know that we are all connected. Mm. Um, and that once that, once that little penny drops, the world's never the same again, you know, you... You, you see, when you look into someone's eyes, you see the soul, you, you see the person behind the person. Mm. And that doesn't mean you have to like or, or agree with their behaviours or their political persuasions or you don't, have to, you don't have to like things about them, but there's a sense of loving kindness that that person, you know, is, is the same as you. And, mm. you know, there's this thing that, again, held me up, again, I forget which teacher said it to me, mate, but he said, if you, if you think about it this way, and so then everyone is doing the best that they can do with what they know at the time. And if they knew more, they might act differently. Mm. Yeah? But everyone's acting at a level of consciousness that's available to them at that point in time. Mm. And if we knew more, then maybe we would act differently. Mm. So, you know, we don't have to agree with behaviours, but there is a light behind the eyes. Even of those people who we go, mate, I don't get you at all, I don't like you, the, the, at, the, at the level of spirituality, that person is you at the level of energy. And it's just behaviours on, on the outside that we do our best to see past. Agree. I, I see it like consistently and, um, you know, it's been, been a real journey for me in many ways too. But to be able to see those uh, levels of um, unconsciousness with compassion, uh, to be able to... Mm. 
helping on an individual, uh, you know, look at their behavior uh, uh, or the way they're viewing things um, with, 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 without conflict, but to be able to sort of show yeah. compassion for, for that. And, and really, you're, you're speaking yep. from your heart then. And you, you think about the way that we are living in modern society, like fear is the opposite of love and uh, compassion is the opposite of competition where we're in this competitive mode consistently, whereas the, the compassion side of things is really the antidote to that. And, um, you know, when I, when I find myself uh, in a, in, 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 in a situation where there's conflict, you know, to be able to like really look at the individual in the eye and you just see them just de-escalate really consistently. And, you know, something that was present for me there while you were saying that was after 9-11, um, the, the heart coherence of the whole world primarily was, uh, was in union because uh, people felt um, a sense of compassion for what had happened. And, um, uh, you know, that, that, that level of consciousness is, is available. Uh, and accessible to all yeah. of us. Uh, it's just that we're sort of disconnected from that. And when we can start yeah. to get back into that inner knowing and that, that sense of I am again, uh, uh, then, then I, I think we can start to, to change as humans. And then our mental health um, uh, obviously improves yeah. from that as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you can be, if you can be anything, be kind. Mm. Be anything, but be, be kind. And, you know, you, you, this, you know, this kind of leads into this, this a model that, that is, you know, kind of fairly well known um, in, in uh, sort of yoga and, and other traditions. It's called the three levels of consciousness. Yeah? Mm. And it says that, that most of us, m- most of human beings live in level one. So that's the level of, of the mind, yeah, mm. of fear, of loneliness, of judgment, of night and day, of right and wrong, I'm better than you, you're worse than me, you know, the feelings of not being worthy, all that sort of mind-based stuff, right, that most of us live in, in that space, so the space of ego, the space of trying to be better, to get more of the pie you know, than anybody else, and if, you know, if you're different to me, then I, I don't trust you until you prove yourself to me. Mm. There's, there's a layer behind that, it's called the you know, level two consciousness, or sometimes called Atman, but mm. it's a witnessing, you know, and being able to step back and as if you could watch yourself, yeah? Watch your behaviours, watch your thoughts, watch the patterns. And it's, it's, it's a level two consciousness that is you, but is, is watching the human form in all of its machinations. Mm. And it's amazing that once you draw back and begin to watch yourself, not with judgment, you know, with, with kindness, as you've, you've um, talked about, um, things start to shift, right? When you start to look at yourself and look at the language and look at the patterns of behaviours and start to go, ah, okay, I get irritated by that or that's a trigger for me or I love that because of that reason. But these are all just human behaviours. We can sit back in this, this level two witnessing, things begin to change. And there's a level three um, that is, you know, the vastness of, of the universe, which is, you know, probably another discussion, but, um, you know, from where we all come and where we all ultimately go, you know, where everything comes from. Mm. But, um, you know, if people want to explore this, there's a, there's a lovely adage, uh, a great teacher called Muji, um, and he's got what he calls a three-bird analogy, right? And uh, imagine three birds sitting in a, in a tree. The first bird is really busy, you know, building a nest, getting food, finding a mate, raising young you know, just busy, and that's like where most of us live, right? And it's life busy, busy, busy. And then the second bird is the one up the tree a little bit further who's just sitting there and watching. 
no judgment, no expectation, just calmly watching. But when we, when we can shift into that space, we get to notice what our behaviours and our triggers are. We create some space between the thought and the action, and then we can start to make different decisions about mm. how we live our lives. Yeah. So um, that, that level two, being able to draw back and just witness ourselves um, with non-judgment and non-attachment, which is another, you know, another, another skill that is like anything to practice, mm. um, can really fundamentally change the way that, that we're able to be in the world and know that we are not just a collection of, of thoughts. Mm. You know, it's the, mind, the mind is our greatest single challenge. In, in a lot of the Eastern philosophies, they see the mind as a disease. Mm. Yeah, that the mind is constantly, constantly thinking and creating problems and challenges and judgments, etc. Mm. Yeah, and uh, that once we're able to see what the mind's role is and step back and witness that, it creates the space and you see that the thoughts are just thoughts, behaviours are just behaviours, emotions, just emotions. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it, Mark? Mm. Like when we, when we really uh, get to a state of... Of really, let's look at the eight limbs of yoga and and and, uh, and what they actually are and, and how they actually get us back to a sense of union again. Like um, the average person is is you know we are trained to think, aren't we? Really, really, the education mm. system mm. does does put us on this high alert that uh, we, by the time we leave it, we're we're quite stressed out and we just think that's normal. But um, uh, you know, to be able to get out of the mind. Uh, for me, Mark, that was going on holidays for two weeks, and then I'd be, um, and then I'd I'd be calm by the time I come back to work. But then within two or three days, I'd be back to that escalated state again. But you know, to be able to access that sense of calmness every day is really our birthright. And um, to be able to yeah. use tools to uh, to to access that, I think, is you know really important, really critical. That's why we're having so much yeah. issue with insomnia and all these sorts of things, and we're looking for outside yep. influences to. Uh, to help balance that out but um to be able to find coherence with your heart so your heart is more in control than what your mind is um a lot of what these eastern philosophies are saying would you agree i i I would agree um Mm. i would agree and that they would say that the mind is is not the highest form of evolution it's a very very useful tool Mm. extraordinary computer that that we you know developed over you know millennia extraordinary but what happens in here, where it becomes unstuck, is we start to believe our own thoughts. Yeah. We start to believe the stories that we tell ourselves to be true. Right? And then I start to, from those stories that I tell myself, from whether that's social conditioning or trauma that's happened to me or you know, my parents or education system or politics has told me a particular way. So I start to think a particular way and I start to believe that to be true. I believe my own thoughts, yeah? Mm. I don't believe your thoughts to be true and I'll argue with you that your thoughts are not correct and mine are right, yeah? And this is where it starts to come unstuck is that we start to believe our own story. Mm. And we get so stuck in that story and then we defend that story and then we judge from that story and then we end up, you know, in wars, you know, over, over holding a particular position that was created by a thinking mind mm. that is not the highest form of evolution. Mm. The mind is an extraordinarily useful tool, a wonderful servant, but an extraordinarily terrible master. Yes. Terrible master. And if we're stuck in the thoughts, if we believe 
that our thoughts are all that there is, that that's the highest form, mate, then this is where it all comes unstuck. Mm. Mental anguish, you know, anxiety, stress, trauma, a a sense of of being lost and lonely, you know. Mm. And yet there are really simple practices that anyone can do that can start the journey of pulling back from mine. And it takes a while. It's like you want to learn to play the piano or run a marathon, you've got to do some practice, right? It's the same with the mind. Mm. It's mind training, you know, very simple meditation or very simple mindfulness practices that can start to draw us out and we start to think and feel that the mind maybe hasn't got all the answers, mm. yeah? Mm. And you can do one one simple meditation. What would a question you could sit and with a cup of tea or a beer on the back deck and, and, and ask yourself is, what would be present? What would be present if there were no problems to solve? Mm. Mm. What would be present if there were no problems to solve? Now, the mind will do a backflip and go, well, that's rubbish. There's, there's always problems. There's something got to be solved, right? Mm. Because that's a job, right? It creates things, but it creates things in boxes. This is conceptual thinking, yes and no, right and wrong, good and bad, black and white, night and day. What we're not trying to move to is a non-conceptual way of thinking of more of the experience and sitting back in silence and stillness. And the best anecdote to that is nature that I've mm-hmm. ever found. Mm-hmm. Just go and sit quietly in nature somewhere, you know, and uh, drop, drop the ego, drop all the pretenses, drop this idea of separation and just sit in nature for a while. And mm-hmm. breathing techniques, meditation techniques, it doesn't have to be complicated and it's accessible for all of us, man. Mm-hmm. This is the beauty of it. Yeah. Well, Mark, we're, we're, we're really, I talk about this a lot, like how much we've been denatured um, since, since, since we were kids or, you know, think about mm-hmm. the whole colonial model. It's really about disconnecting and de- 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 denaturing us. And the ancient wisdoms, mm-hmm. the ancient tribes of the lands uh, knew this stuff, you know, the connection with the earth and the spirit were all as one. Uh, but, you know, because we're sort of driven down a funnel of... Uh, you know, fear, shame, guilt, uh, performance, uh, expectation, judgment, comparison, criticism, all those sorts of common words these days is taking us away from our from our true selves. And if we can, you know, reconnect with nature, you know, we've got rubber between our feet and the earth. And uh, to be able to do things that actually get us back to the elements again, I just think they're, they're the natural assets that uh, are available to all of us that can help us um, find that sense of harmony again rather than, you know, yeah. the word the word disease is thrown about, but it's really disease and to be able to get yeah. all the uh, all the channels and our and our systems working in coherence, I think um, that's available to all of us. We're just going to try and make the steps and, and make the changes which actually take us on that pathway to, to find that equilibrium again. Yeah. And, and we all kind of know that. I suspect we all know this intuitively. You know, we... You, you go to the beach or you, you, you go camping for a couple of days and you just get, get away from the phones and from the news, my goodness, from the news, um, you know, and just and, and reconnect back into nature, you know, go, go for a walk in the bush or it, 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 almost invariably every single time there's a sense of rebalancing, or, or there's a recalibration in our energy, in our bodies, in our minds, yeah. Mm. And this is not something magical, it's just the way that the Earth is, right? Because the Earth is in complete harmony, except where humans <laughs> have disrupted that, mm. Um, mm. you know, it, it, has a, it, it has a vibration and a rhythm, and, and we're all energy, mm. right? And we're all just, you know, you talk to any quantum physicist, we're just a big ball of walking energy. Mm. Um, 
if we can recalibrate that energy, you know, towards the vibration of love, and that's a, I know it's a highly overused word and sometimes a highly charged word. Mm. I'm not talking about the Mills and Boone type love. I'm talking yeah. about, you know, the ability to love everything and everyone simultaneously mm. and see people beyond their behaviours and, and patterns, etc. Mm. If we can connect with that love, which is the vibration of the earth, then there's a, there's a simple harmony which comes over us. The moment that harmony comes over us, we're able to start to separate from the thinking mind, mm. and that reduces anxiety and stress and cortisol in your system. Mm. You know, it removes the need for uh, patterns of behaviour which might not be best supporting you, alcoholism, drugs, sex, you know, mm. whatever it might be. It allows us to recalibrate and rebalance. And, uh, mm. and that can be done through nature really simply. It absolutely can be done through practices of meditation, mindfulness, can be done through practices like yoga. But there are many traditions. You've got Tai Chi and, and Taoism and Buddhism. You know, they all have great, great offerings. Um, Tapping back but, into but offerings that, that reconnect us back into love. Yeah. Agree. That, I think that's the frequency that was created for us. You know, really, that, that's what yeah. everything's trying to do. You. To really, to understand it, go and have a look at some birds. Look at the, the two birds that are flying together. Look at the flock of birds that are flying together. You know, they're, they're connected. Yeah. And, and if I need to remind myself about what it's all about, that's what I do. You know, the first thing we hear yeah. in the morning is a kookaburra. <laughs> I talk mm. about that a lot. But, you know, they're in, they're in frequency with, 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 with uh, the Kakadian rhythm of, of really, you know, the frequency of the earth, uh, the earth, and you know we're sort of out of that uh, in many ways. So to be able to find the um, that that rhythm, which can give us that coherence again, is is so important. Yeah. And um, it's a lot of the a lot of the things that are you know denaturing us, which are really taking us away from that. Yeah, yeah, and and we've all experienced that, haven't we? Like if you, you 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 go outside at night, whether you're camping or the ocean, the mountains, or even just you know, walk out in, uh, in your backyard if you don't live in the city where there are a lot of lights and look up at the night sky. Mm. Just spend a couple of minutes looking at the night sky and, you know, you'd be hard-pressed to, you know, to not look at that and go, my God, <laughs> yeah. there's got to be more to this life than, than what, I'm, what I'm living. I, I'm, I am a speck, you know, and yet mm. what I see myself as is important and I must be happy and I must have this and I must do that. Yes. Yeah. And it's almost like we have an argument with the, the universe to go, you know, you're not you're not listening to the universe. You're not giving me what I want. My life should look like this, mm. and it's that attachment to a life that we the mind tells us that it thinks we should have that causes us to suffer. Yes, you know, and and if we can just let life flow like nature flows, that's the vibration that we feel when we go into it, and stop thinking that our life has to be a certain way for me to be happy. Mm. That, then, then suddenly there's there's a happiness which starts to flow, <laughs> you know. Mark, um, a beautiful quote. Quote. Go, sorry, mate, go ahead. Go ahead. There you go. I was just going to say that beautiful quote from Rooney that that says, you know, when, when I let go of what I am, I become what I might be. When I let go of the of the way that I think my life should unfold, yeah, I'm able to just sit back and go, well, this is what's in front of me, mm. and I can choose to see it one way or I can choose to see it another way, yeah. If I can choose to see it with love and go, you know, it is what it is and let go of what the mind thinks it should be, mm. you know, let go of that, that essence of attachment, then you become, you know, this sense of balance and harmony. And uh, it's, it, it sounds simple. It's not easy to do, you know, because we keep getting caught back in it. But 
You know, it might be like you could start really simple, like one night a week, don't watch the news, turn it off, turn your phone off, right, and go, go for a walk around the block or to your local park or if you're lucky enough to live in a country, you know, just go and sit outside. And, uh, yeah. It's a beautiful, really balancing. What we'll do is we'll talk about your uh, your bit of a sabbatical uh, in a minute with regards to taking a year off, mm. but I was going to mm. uh, mention um, last year I was lucky enough to, to take a group out and teach uh, yoga on a catamaran and on Fraser Island, around Fraser Island, and um, we were amongst mm. whales for a week there, and I, I just got a whole, totally different uh, perspective of life when I saw how these massive creatures like found this friendliness within us and they trusted us mm. and they gave us the ability yeah. to, to be able to, to touch and connect with them and, and you know show their young their young um, calves to us and all these sorts of things and how their hearts are bigger than any other thing on this planet and uh, you know how, how simple and, and beautiful life can actually be and, and that sense of love that was in them which 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 was within us in that period of time and uh, one morning I, you you know a bit about Sadhana, but I, I, I you obviously know about Sadhana, but I, I get up early I have a practice every morning and you know I do that I do that every day and on the catamaran I was getting up and doing some asana on on the deck and you know, this dolphin just decided to come up and and you know watch me and observe me and look at me and uh, and we we just had this connection, you know. Uh, it was amazing. And then it sort of like said goodbye and swam away. But I've had these amazing experiences with animals because they can see when I'm in my heart that they're that they're actually um, they're, they're they're not fearful. They they they've got this beautiful connection with you. And that's happened with dogs. It's happened with the kidneys. It's happened with all these different animals. When I'm in complete coherence with my heart, then everything opens up and. Yeah. I just think that is the beautiful gift that we've all got um, to be able to access that. Completely, completely. It, it, it's a, uh, you know, when you tap into that, that vibration, you know, others others feel it. You know, and mm. we've all experienced that too. Obviously, with, with animals, as you did, that's a beautiful example. But you know, when you meet some someone, you just go, "There's something about that person." You know, that mm. just I don't know what it is. I, I just really like them. You know, mm. and. It's because they're vibrating at a frequency mm. that that you're you're attracted to, yeah. Mm. And like attracts like, you know. And if we can vibrate this energy of love, we we attract love, and we attract mm. you know animals as was your experience, yeah. Beyond the, so yeah. it's simply a matter of changing that the frequency. You know what? If we're in a frequency that's dark, you know, and heavy. Then then that's what gets attracted. If we're in a, a you know, frequency of love and, and kindness and compassion, then that's what gets attracted. It's it's a simple law of the universe. Well, not simple, but it's a law of the universe. You know, like attracts like. Mm. And uh, so if we can shift our mindset through through practice and nature and, and consciousness, then uh, you know, we vibrate at a particular level and then that attracts others and influences mm. others. You know? and, uh, Absolutely. And hopefully, you know, one day we can all vibrate at a level whereby there, there is this possibility of universal compassion. Mm. You know, it's, it sounds like a theoretical, <laughs> theoretical marathon, but, you know, maybe, maybe. I mean, what would it be like, mate, if, if, if for two minutes, two minutes around the world, that somewhere, like at midnight tonight, for two minutes, the entire world could put down their weapons, mm. put mm. down the torture, put down the destruction of the planets, put down harming each other, including ourselves, right? and all actually were able to stand side by side as human beings, knowing that we are the same. Mm. 
mm. for two minutes. Mm. Imagine what sort of world that would be, mate. And, wow. and I, where it comes back to, I think it's something you touched on right at the start, just ability to love yourself. Mm. Yeah. Mm. If, 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 if we don't have the skills or the insights to be able to love ourselves exactly as we are, not as we might be, but how we are, mm. then we're not going to be able to love anyone else to the level of the full expression of, of that term. Mm. And so that's the, the first step is, is know thyself, do the work on yourself, not be judging of others to say if they were a better person or if they behaved differently, then I'd be okay or my life would be better. Mm. Change yourself first and watch everything else change around you. Mm, amazing. Mm. Uh, mate, um, mm. yeah, look, there's lots of things that were coming to me then, but... It's yeah, it's 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 difficult, isn't it? We've got this uh, this pull mm. between the heart and the mind consistently, but if you can sit in the heart more, then obviously the domination of the mind will only be there when when you activate it. Oh, I suppose um, mm. you know rather than just being in, in in complete control, it's just because we've we've yeah. just been put. You know, Mark, I, I talk about this a lot, like. From the moment of birth, we were really put into, uh, you know, into a survival um, uh, mode pretty much straight away, taken from our mothers, put into a crib with other babies, and we were sort of in this in this isolation, uh, separation mode. And, uh, you know, we're, we're all looking for love. Everyone, everything is, yeah. you know, that's what we really want at yeah. the end of the day. Um, yeah. We're all searching for that. We, we need to be able to provide more places for connection so people can access that because that's really yeah. getting back to the purpose of human nature. And I want to talk now about what happened to you with regards to taking a year off and uh, just really disconnecting mm-hmm. and what was, uh, what, was the, the, what was the, I suppose, the build-up to that and what, what was the leap. Well, it obviously took a lot of courage for you to be able to go and do this. Mm. So um, in, in, in some way, mate, what I did, I, I took a year off everything mm-hmm. um, and uh, handed the business, the yoga studio, over to um, a manager. Um, she, she ran the business for me for a year. Um, disconnected from uh, external contacts and uh, from television, you know, from radio, from any other external stimulus, and, and took a year off and, and meditated for, for, for a year, for 12 months. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I did that is, was, was twofold. One, in the, in the tradition of yoga, at, at some point, if, if, you're, you know, if you follow a particular path and, and you're ingrained in that path and you feel strongly called, um, it's a tradition where the, the sadhus would, take, uh, would leave their families and go wandering in the forest to find their version of God and, and uh, a relationship with God that was beyond the, the normal day-to-day. So I was honouring the tradition of yoga by, by following that and I, I felt if I wanted to be a truly authentic teacher then I needed to look and see and feel for myself what this actually looks like. Yeah. So if I'm teaching it, if I'm saying this is the tradition and this is why it's done, then if I'm just teaching from a textbook and not from my own personal experience then perhaps I'm not living... The, the authentic truth of, of what I understood yoga to be. And the second thing was, mate, was a social experiment on myself to go, what would it be like? Like, I've, I've meditated now for a lot of years mm. um, and I've dabbled in the practice and I had what I would consider to be a, a reasonably consistent, prior to that, reasonably consistent meditation practice. Um, but my life was still, you know, up and down, up and down, up and down. Mm. And I went, you know what? 
I want to see what this actually feels like. And then behind all of that was this, I don't know how to describe it, but, but a calling to go, go and sit and be still. And uh, one of my main teachers said, it's time. It's time for you to go and do this, you know, a sabbatical that you might call it in the, in, in the West. Um, and he, but he said, no, no more books, no, no more teachers, no, no more learning. Go and sit with the wisdom that's inside of you. Yeah? Not just inside of me, it's inside all of us, but sit with that wisdom. Yeah. So it was, it was, I felt very strongly called to do it. Um, and to be honest with you, mate, I absolutely loved it. <laughs> um, I, I did nothing for years. So my day would consist of I'd get up, you know, when I woke up, there was no alarm. So, you know, wake up at 4.30, 5 o'clock. Um, I'd meditate for a couple of hours, uh, different, try different techniques. Um, I would do, a, do a, an asana physical practice for a while, um, come and have, you know, an early lunch and then basically go out into nature for the rest of the afternoon. And that might be gardening or walking or just, you know, sitting in nature. Go to bed when it was dark, you know, eat, go to bed when it was dark and get up and repeat. And I did that for 365 days. Mm. Um, and it completely and fundamentally altered everything. Mm. Um, the way I see the world, my, my, my understanding of the nature of mind, but more importantly, my, my, of who I understand myself to be. Mm. And at this point, and I'm, I've just turned 60, right? So it's taken me a while to get here. Um, but I can truly say to you honestly that I, I love myself. Mm. And that's not in a sense of, of vanity, because if you look at me from the outside, <laughs> I'm going grey and maybe carrying a kilo or two too many and maybe could be taller and fitter, you know, all that sort of stuff that we, we label ourselves with. But I love my heart. I, I love who I am as a human being. And I love that um, sense of essence. That, that resides in me, but you know, resides in all of us. I, I'm no different to anyone else, but the ability to connect into that. And what, what let's call it, got downloaded during that year was, and I think you touched on it just a little earlier, mate, was this searching for love, searching for love that we all search for. We search for it in our parents. We search for it in our partners. We search for it in the world, that we, we want to be loved for who we are. Yeah, And the reason that we're searching for it is that at birth, we got separated from it. Mm. Pre-birth, we are part of consciousness. Mm. Consciousness is nothing but a vibration of love. And for whatever reason, that's, you know, again, probably a topic for another discussion. Mm. You know, we took an incarnation as a human form, you know, and you can argue whether you believe in that or not, but, you know, that's, that's one particular philosophy, is that we took birth as a human form. We brought karma with us. We brought past lives and past stories with us. And we got separated from that, that love. And for the rest of our lives, we continue to search for that. Mm. Um, and we search for it outside, in a new car, in a new home, in a, in a new girlfriend, in, you know, in, in all sorts of different places, you know, in our parents, for goodness sake, you know. And we keep looking for someone outside to fill that space of love. But where, and this just sounds like an old adage, and I'm, you know, it sounds, it sounds like you've heard this before, I'm sure, but the love, the love that you find is the love in your own heart. Mm. And until you find that, until you sit in that soup, yeah, and it's sometimes it's a shitty journey. You know, I cried and kicked and screamed. But when you're able to sit in, the, in that vibration of, of pure love that is everywhere, it's in nature, it's in everything, 
that sit in that, mate, it fundamentally changes everything. Mm. Your relationship with yourself, your relationship with your partner, your relationship with your kids, animals, planets, jobs, people, you know, and uh, and something shifted in, in that, that year. And I got to experience what it was like to, to be in a state of consciousness. Mm. Um, and I oscillate in and out of that, but it sits as a constant hum, you know, behind me. And what it gives me every day is perspective. That doesn't mean that I don't, you know, I'm not human and I don't make mistakes and, you know, don't lose my temper from time to time. Of course I do. Mm. I'm, I'm no saint, that's for sure. Mm. But it's given me perspective. It's given me the, the ability to love myself completely and therefore love those around me and those that I come in contact with unconditionally. Again, doesn't mean I necessarily like or support some of your behaviours or thoughts, but they're your behaviours and thoughts. They've got nothing to do with me. That's how you want to live your life. God bless you, you know, and you do it. But to be able to see beyond that, mate, and sit in a place of love, that, that never, never leaves. Once glimpsed, once it's there, it never leaves. And it's, for me, it's like this constant hum, you know, and uh, early in my journey, I, I, I thought that this place of contentment was the place that only, you know, great spiritual teachers or Buddha and Jesus and, you know, other great spiritual luminaries, I thought that was the, the, the you know, just for those sorts of people. It certainly wasn't for me, you know. Mm. And I'm just an average guy, had an average life, you know, but took the opportunity that was given to me to, to really dive as deep as I could, as hard as I could into my own heart. And it's completely and fundamentally changed my relationship with everything, including including my own death and, and what it means to die. Um, I don't get me wrong, I've got, I got no great desire to die tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I, when death comes, uh, I'm ready and it will be a time of joy and mm. a time of going home. Mm-hmm. So what it's enabled me to do is to live in a, in a really rich way. I, I need very little and live in a very rich way, my heart open all the time, um, and content and, and, and happy, you know, and... Uh, I'm living in a little place called Murchison, which is a small country town in northern Victoria. Mm. Uh, I'm sitting here as I'm talking, mate, overlooking a, a farm next door to us here with cows and kangaroos on it, um, and completely at, at peace, mm. you know, even despite the, the lockdowns and the closure of the business and, you know, mm. the loss of, of significant financial income. Mm. Um, there's a real sense of, you know what, it is what it is, and if you stay in the vibration of love, it shifts everything, yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah, Mark. Oh, geez, uh, I, I'm really. You need to be proud of yourself, but but also um, getting the connection um, that 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 was always there to be able to find time to to, to do that is is you know is so brave. Um, but also to to really find this level of knowing that you always sort of had underneath all this, you know, beyond all polarities I am and, 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 and I am connected to, 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 to basically um, everything that is and we all are connected to yeah. that. And I just want to share something with you. Um, I've had some, some moments of, of, of just flow um, which you sort of have touched on, um, you know, there quite deeply, but... 
a few years ago after I sort of connected with you, I, I was in New York and I got um, sort of in, oh, like this is basically just drawn to me, um, Kundalini yoga. And mm-hmm. I did my first practice in New York there and I felt this beautiful coherence at the end of that. And then, I, you know, this practice sort of took me um you know, by surprise, but when I was in Melbourne, the same thing happened. I got sort of pulled into a studio and done a sadhana and away I went. But I did my teacher training, and uh, at the end of that teacher training, we had to sit on a mat for 12 hours and look into the eyes of another human, another girl, um, which we, we mm. a lot of us never knew before. And we, we see all these things, we, we all these, uh, you know, opinions of the mind and um all these uh belief systems and that but after a while once you surrender you see absolute beauty in 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 another individual uh beyond thoughts feelings emotions all these sorts of things and um for that after that day i felt in complete like just uh bliss flow whatever you want to call it like at, at one with everything for about three or four months now, nothing could knock me off center because I had this beautiful feeling of love behind all this and that was coming out of me. When I was speaking to an individual, when I was teaching a yoga class and that, it was just like I was able to transcend this uh, this beautiful experience for other people and, and that came back to me. You know, that, that, yeah. really, that really came back to me um, uh, and I got taken out of that flow after a while in modern life, you know, um, you know, dominates and all those sorts of things. But uh, yeah. at the same time, it's still there. I know that that level of knowing is still there. I'm trying to, I wouldn't say I'm trying to tap, in, uh, tap into that, but that comes and goes. Uh, if I force it, then it forces against me. But if I allow it, then it just happens. But I'm really, uh, you know, I, I'm turning 50 this year. It's interesting you've just turned 60, but... I believe that I'd, I'd like to do the same thing. Uh, I don't know when that'll be, but I will, I'll be wanting to disconnect for a full year uh, or, or more possibly. Uh, and I, my, my real passion is to be able to maybe set up a Vipassana centre up here because I know it's needed and it's in the right place for yeah. that. Uh, and just to show people yeah. or give people the ability to be able to disconnect for a while and um, have them come back to the heart. Um, once yeah. they can sort of access that more, then that goes out into the world, right? And then uh, not only their life um, uh, evolves, but a lot of other people around them will do that as well. Yeah, yeah. Mate, that, that's a beautiful, a beautiful, yeah. If you could set something, I mean, I feel like you're already on that path, brother. I mean, this, this, this um, outback mind that you've established and the way that you're leading these discussions and, who knows where these things go for, for people, you know? So I think you're already well and truly on that path, and it's a great, great credit to you that you've, you've chosen this to be of service and, and to share your journey and, and others' journeys, mate. So I think you've, you're doing an amazing, an amazing thing. So it's, um, you know, that, that I guess that one of the most important things, if anyone's listening to this, one of the most important things is that it has to come from a great desire to go, you know what, I've had enough of my life. I've had enough of being like this. If it's not powerfully driven to go, okay, there's got to be something else. I'm, I'm sick of living this life the way that I'm currently living it. If you just dabble in it, then then you'll get back just a dabble. Yeah? But if you dive into it sincerely and wholeheartedly with level of trust and a level of, of fierceness, like a, like a warrior fierceness, to go bugger this, like, I'm sick of living like this. I'm sick of 
talking to myself like this. I'm sick of treating people like that. I'm sick of being unhappy. I've had a gut full of it, and this needs to stop, and I'm going to take responsibility for it, and it's no one else's responsibility except mine. Yeah, I might have had a terrible childhood or something very you know, awful might have happened to me, which has caused me to feel and you know, behave a certain way. I acknowledge that. I, I'm not saying that should have happened. But at some point, we have to take responsibility for ourselves and not put the responsibility on someone else. And the moment that we do that, the moment that we, we do that, something shifts. Something gives and up. Let's just call it the, the power of, the, you know, of, of consciousness, love. Mm. It, 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 when the, you know, the, the Sufis have this beautiful saying, mate, you have to continually break the heart until it finally cracks open. Mm. You have to continually break the heart until it finally cracks open. And when you get to that point where you go, I've had enough, which for me was that corporate life, my marriage breaking down, mm. I've had enough. It's got to be a different way to do this. Mm. But go, go at it with that fierce level of intensity, but with loving kindness to yourself and others, stuff happens. Mm. It does. And mm. it's, you know, I'm just an average bloke, mate, who's had an average life, and it's happened to me, mm. yeah? Because I got to a point where I got sick of myself and sick of my own behaviours. Mm. Um, and if you get that passion and you can drive it and take responsibility for it, there's a million people in this world like you and others who can help guide you. Find yourself a good a good teacher or a good mate or someone who's been down the path a little bit and just get them to guide you. You don't have to go to the Himalayas and sit in the mountain and wear an orange robe if you want to. Awesome. Right? Mm. That's amazing stuff to do. But you can do it in your own backyard, living a normal life, whatever that might be, live a normal life with kids, you know, ambitions, desires, careers. You can do all of that and still live with fierce compassion, right, and an open-hearted, kind way of being, but still be a warrior. Mm. It's possible. Mm. It's absolutely possible, mate. So, I, you know, I share that because that was my my journey, you know, and for, for quite a while, I wallowed in, uh, my life is terrible because other people have done certain things, right? Um, or I've done certain things. Well, it is what it is. And take responsibility, take power back for yourself. And at that point, things begin to change. Mm-hmm. Beautifully said. And, and that, that's one thing that maybe myself uh, and probably a lot of others battle with is, yeah, being able to, like, like for me, Mark, it's, it's actually like, uh, the, like stepping into ego and actually like um, not seeing it as ego, but seeing it as, as courage or or um, or something that's actually going to not only help yourself in this life, but also help others. Um, you know, with 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 a lot of my training, it was really about dissolving the ego, and uh, I've got to really be be conscious of, of that too. Um, uh, but I know we need some ego to, 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 to get places in life and you would not have been able to you know, set up Westside Yoga without having some ego. Um, but, yeah. but, 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 but that, but that, that calling was just beyond that. It was beyond, uh, your own ego. It was actually the ability to be able to help so many others through, through that drive that you have within yourself. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes it, 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 my experience is that when you look at what's called spirituality, right, and, and evolving evolving yourself, um, whether that's, you know, your Buddhism or, or you know, meditation or mindfulness, sometimes our society's had a view of that, that that's a really soft option, mm. yep? If you go down that place, mate, you're all wishy-washy and you're going to get squashed in this world and people are going to override you and just surrender and give up. 
nothing could be further from the truth. Mm. It will give you, if you surrender to that, and it takes so much courage to surrender. It takes more courage to surrender than push through with the ego. I can tell you that. Mm. But if you surrender to that, the skills and the, the wisdom that will come will create an entity that is so kind, so loving, so powerful, so intelligent, so wise, so passionate, that you'll wonder, it's like going from a black and white TV to a color TV. Mm. Right? It's not a soft option. It's, in some ways, it requires a, a, a resilience and a passion. In yoga, sometimes it's called tapas. How do you keep the fire? You know, how do you keep the fire burning? Mm. So, but if you're brave enough to step into it, if you go, I've had enough of, of being unhappy in my life and causing grief to myself and others, I want a different way of being, but I don't want to give up my life. I don't want to, you know, I want to get a boat and, a, and, a, and another car. Awesome. You can do all of that and more, but you learn not to be attached to it. You learn that that's not the source of happiness. Yes. They're great things to have, awesome. Have as many as you want, but that's not the source of happiness. The source of happiness is in your own heart. And once you draw that line in the sand, gee, mate, everything changes. Mm. Every, and it's not, it's not wishy-washy. You will have power and courage beyond what, what, what your mind tells you that, that you can have right now. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, uh, Mark, with um, that, that, that fire that's in the heart, uh, to be able to have that like a blaze, We'll, we'll, we'll be we'll be around that when we leave this life you know that 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 will that will go on with us uh, that that that's that yeah. that's our soul that's our that's our eternal knowing at the end of the day to be able to become more connected with that um is is really you know it's 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 so so challenging for most people to understand but if we can actually do something to connect us to our hearts on a daily basis yep. by tapping into the higher levels of consciousness, you know, compassion, gratitude, kindness, love, joy, all yep. these nice feelings rather than fear, shame, guilt, greed, uh, all the lower levels of, uh, <laughs> of consciousness primarily, uh, that, that will really help us uh, transcend as, as humans. Um, but you've got to be able to do the work, uh, as I mentioned, about in the privacy of your own heart to cultivate those feelings and know what it's like. And, you know, to be able to sit in a in a in a quiet um, quiet state on your own, to be able to tap into that and, and know what that feeling is actually like, so that can you know take you out into your day and into the world, and, and others can um, can benefit from that. Yeah, totally true, mate. Totally true. And the other thing I'd add to that is that which you seek is already inside you. Is already inside you. Like I came from a Catholic upbringing that that talks about. You know, and I'm not I'm not putting down that you know that the Catholicism and, and the virtues of that. It's an extraordinary tradition. Mm. Um, but it, it talks about my experience is that it talks about an external God who sits in judgment of you being good or bad, and you'll go to hell or you'll go to heaven, etc., mm. etc. Mm. Eastern philosophy says it looks at it differently, and it says that which you seek, that sense of God, love, kindness, compassion, wisdom, enlightenment, is already inside you. The only thing that's blocking you from that is the social conditioning and the mind-based BS that we all buy into, that blocks it. It's mm -hmm. there. It's, it's, it's like a well inside you that's sitting there. It's just covered over yes. right, with, with moss and stones and debris from, from a life of conditioning stuff that we've all bought into, me included, but it's absolute BS. Mm -hmm. It's there waiting for you. And if you don't tap into it this lifetime, it'll be waiting for you in the next one. Yes. You know, and that I think really was the, was the poet who said, that which you seek, that which you seek 
right, is seeking you. That which you seek is seeking you. The love that you left when you separated and became a human, that got disconnected, that same love is seeking you, and it's inside of you. It's not external. You'll never find it. You'll never find lasting contentment in anything external. You'll find joy and beauty and bliss, right, and moments of, of absolute, ah, <laughs> but it comes and goes. Right? It fades. That love inside you is, is there, and it's deep, and it's rich, and it's kind, and it's powerful, and it's present, clear, present. The things that we, uh, we, we, we really would have been uh, grateful to learn when we were at school. I ran the men's circle the other night here, and uh, one of the guys is a teacher, and he said, I'm so disconnected from teaching algebra. Why are we teaching this to, to our kids? Why are we teaching exactly what you just said? You know, that, that type of stuff. Yeah. So it's amazing. Yeah, Look, if we can, this, this is it. I mean, how much... But it is, I've noticed it is starting to come into schools. There are some schools who teach, you know, meditation and, and consciousness. But you're right. If we could teach our kids that, you know, there's, there's the, the, the mind and the ego, as you touched on, Aaron, can be beautiful tools. So let's train them and, and get them to work for us. But there's also a part of you that is connected to God, that is God, right? Mm-hmm. That is this beautiful spiritual part of you. And if we could work those in harmony, you know, instead of saying we're just the body, we're just the mind, we need to work just just on that, mm. right? Or we just work on your spirituality, right? Because that's that's forgetting the human form. If you can merge those two together, my goodness, if we start reintroducing our children into that, then that then there's a world that potentially can live in harmony, agree, and live in complete harmony. You know, what a world that would be. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. well, certainly changing the, the system to be more educated to support the heart rather than the, the mind, you know, um, to yeah. be able to help, yeah. uh, help young people uh, tap into the feeling of love and joy and do the things that they want to do rather than what society expects of them. So, Mark, yeah. um, we're, uh, we're nearly out of time here. So I'm wondering if you're still open for people contacting you, what's the best way of doing that if they want to touch base with you further? Yeah, mate, look, I'd, I'd love it if, if anyone wants to reach out and have a conversation or, you know, and even challenge me. <laughs> I'm, I'm not the purveyor of all, of all wisdom, that's for sure. But um, uh, you can get a hold of me, mark at westsideyoga.com.au. is my email, mark at westsideyoga.com.au. Uh, or I've got a, um, an Insta account, uh, just mark, mark, dot, mark Feely, P-H-E-E-L-Y, but mark at westsideyoga.com.au, mate, probably the best one. Mm. Um and, uh, you know, that one of the, if you're really interested in this sort of stuff, uh, either Ram Das, D-A-S-S, uh, is a great place to start. He's got, uh, books and podcasts, etc. Um, and there's another great teacher that I'd, I'd encourage, uh, called Adi Ashanti. Um, if you're not familiar with Adi Ashanti, he's got some, just some extraordinary books out that really can help people, uh, guide you on this, on this path and, uh, articulate it in a way that makes sense, you know, in today's world. So, so Ram Das or uh, Radhi Shanti. I mean, there are many, many others. Eckhart Tolle, there's many others, but they're two I'd, I'd recommend. But if people want some books, mate, just write to me. I'm happy to, to point you in the right direction. But uh, can I just say thank you? Thanks for the opportunity to, to share what I love. <laughs> and oh, uh, it's a real pleasure, mate, to reconnect back with you after all these years. Congratulations for the really good stuff you're doing. Oh, it's, I'm, I'm so pleased to hear you. You, you are really a different person uh, than, than, than I experienced back then. And uh, 
Mm. Uh, you know, we've, we all evolved, right? Like you were maybe 56, yeah. then now you're 60. And, uh, you know, yeah. uh, we, all, we all change. And, you know, if we're on this continual trajectory, trajectory of growth and, and giving ourselves opportunity to, 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 you know, really evolve as humans, then we, we're not going to be the same as what we were a year ago or two years ago. And, uh, yeah, we haven't seen the best of you yet, Mark. Don't worry, there's still plenty of... Uh, Plenty of good things to come and, and lots of learning yeah. and development from yourself, which is going to not only you know, keep you evolving, but also help others evolve. So I really am grateful yeah. for the, the time to be able to share this um, conversation and also, you know, for, for the benefit uh, of everyone listening to be able to, you know, uh, really um, get some education and some wisdom from this, this chat. So I'm really grateful for that. Yeah, thank thank you very much, mate. It's been, been an absolute pleasure, and I'll just leave with those three words: love, serve, remember. You know, tap into some of that, and uh, it's uh, it, will, it will guide you. But uh, thank you, to those people who've listened to this conversation. I hope it sparked some form of inquiry for you, and uh, and, the, and the best of luck to all of your your listeners as well, mate. And uh, and the great work that you're doing. And I hope, I hope we can connect sometime again very soon. Guys, thank you so much for listening in. Uh, long, deep conversation uh there uh in geez so many ways uh with what mark's been able to 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 do uh on his own journey uh but also the amount of people's lives that he's been able to help transform through westside yoga and and that's this is only the start of god it's only been eight eight years since this happened and he was mind mind you 52 when he when he when he took that leap you know so we just had a conversation then about if he had stayed in a corporate uh, role, he'd probably be dead because he <laughs> might have been drinking too much and, and doing all uh, the self-destructive behaviours. But like what's happened over the last eight or nine years is he's gone back to a state of, uh, of actually loving himself again, and that's so much more powerful than money. So, uh, yeah, certainly grateful for you listening to our, our chat. If you'd like to contact me, uh, support at batmind.com.au and please... Um, yeah, share the podcast with others that uh, that may find this helpful. I'm sure this chat will uh, will certainly do that. And uh, you know, please connect with Mark if you uh, if you'd like. I'm sure he'd love to, to hear from you. Thanks very much. Cheers.